The Metal God is on with us. Rob Halford, what an honor and a pleasure to talk with you. The book is Confess, an Autobiography. Uh, sir, just tell me, how do you feel having this very candid, candid story out there? You definitely did not hold back at all. No, didn't hold back. Got everything in there. Which is, uh, which is pretty much how I've had this glorious life in uh, metal lead me for... 50 years with this beautiful band Judas Priest but um, the full story almost seven decades yeah. and uh, yeah I mean that's, that's what we do right I mean the great thing about the metal world and the metal community is that we don't hold back you know we don't hold back with our music we don't hold back when we you know see each other at our shows we just let it rip and absolutely exactly what we've uh, what we've done with this book and hence the title Confess yeah, and we were, I know uh, my producer and I, we were yeah. really interested in uh, when you first started talking about this book. And, you know, we always see you on stage, but there's always the personal story and everything else. And I think for you talking about, um, y you know, keeping inside, you know, everything from your sexuality to other parts of your life and, and all of that. I mean, when when you reveal so much in this book and so many things over the years, too, I'm just wondering, like, did it feel, what was it? Was it cathartic to release all of that? Yeah, it was very, very cathartic, which again is what music does for us. We, we, we let our emotions really um, show themselves in, in, in all their rawness, because that's, that's what truth and honesty and love, uh, to a great extent, is all about. So, yeah, I mean, I think... I think the book really hit me hardest, hardest the most when I actually the audio because um, headlines and shirts had, had said that obviously that was going to take place the audio book was going to happen and did I have any ideas as to who might, uh, might read the book out loud besides the, the fact that they would like me to uh, consider uh, reading the book myself so you know, I thought about it for a while and, and I you know, it brought me back to the fact that this book is, is called Confessed, and it is um, about my life in, in its entirety from from a, an honest, truthful point of view. And what better way to get the story across, the messages across, than to actually read it yourself? So it was it was during that process. It took about a week or so to to get it down. Rob, it's, a, it's an incredible book. It was an incredible read. Very enjoyable. Um, some of your uh, anecdotes were, were just uh, really funny. There was a lot of stuff in there that uh, wasn't expecting. Um, how, I, you mentioned in one part of the book about your, uh, 
when you guys played Live Aid, you were in Philly. Did you spend a decent amount of time in Philly uh, when you were with Brad? Because that's where we're... Yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, I love Philly. I, 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 as a band, too, still, we're still in Philly. Yeah. Um, but I was There's so much love uh, here in Philadelphia for you and the band all these years later. And, you know, when you were talking about everything going on, especially in the 80s, I wonder, you know, how much was it, was music almost a double-edged sword? I mean, I imagine you can certainly express yourself through music and, and deal with some of the things going on to an extent, but at the same time, there's this idea of an image and, you know, projecting a certain image to the masses and, and making sure, you know, you, you talked about how worried you were that certain things could damage the band. I mean, what was that balancing act like expressing yourself, but also, you know, the, the, the industry of image as well that you're in. That's a bad question. That's a great question because everything we do in music is image to a certain extent. I mean, the real, the real experience of the music, you know, to close your eyes and just listen to the music that's, that's, there it is, that's, that's the, the beautiful purity of music, but music is wrapped up in image, it, it always has been, it always will be, there's nothing wrong with it, you know, it's just an extension of music itself, uh, that, that you're listening to, makes the whole experience more solid and, and enjoyable, and the connectivity is stronger there with your fan base, because, you know, your image is like, oh, there's my my band look at the way those guys are you know girls are, are looking the way they dress the way they move the way they project themselves it's it's all vital in my case you know when i was in the closet until the early 90s um you know i was leading it to some extent a double life because i wasn't able to be myself in, in, in the truest expression of how you should be able to live your life for yourself completely right um so you know there, there, there was there was this um, there was this uh, opportunity for me to um, use music as, as, a, as a wonderful kind of uh, catalyst and, and the healing power of music in some of, in some of those moments uh, to get me through um, the difficulties that, that I was dealing with 
So th- this is the, this is the, the most incredible thing about music. It's the it's the potent force on this planet. Without music, you know, the whole world would fall apart. <laughs> That's right. It's true. Yeah. Sadly, as it is right now. But um, but uh, but yeah, uh, music is everything to me and to everybody else. That said, Rob, do you uh, are you a vinyl collector or do you do you prefer digital music? Are you are you satisfied with digital music or are you a collector of? Oh man, yeah, I've been all over the place. <laughs> yeah, I'm a vinyl guy. Came from the vinyl world, and then I remember having conversations with with um, with my friends about. The cassettes, you know, cassettes are gonna again, they're gonna kind of ruin vinyl. It can be the end of vinyl. No, it didn't. <laughs> and then CDs came along. Oh, no, vinyl's gone. It's gone. It's over. Well, it isn't. You know, yeah. this thing in the air called a cloud, and your music comes down from the cloud. So goodbye <laughs> vinyl. No, not goodbye vinyl. As you may have seen, as, as we're talking today for your show, uh, vinyl is 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 uh, still with us, and to some extent, I, I think I read somewhere that vinyl. Is, uh, in some areas of music is outselling CDs yep. it's just a beautiful thing you know it's just great uh, personally I'm not that much of a of a collector of mm-hmm. anything to be quite frank <laughs> 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 I've, I've always I've always tried to kind of live a simple life in that respect although I did go through a mad CD phase where I had thousands and thousands and thousands <laughs> of CDs I don't have so many these days now but right. I love vinyl There's so much of your work that's on vinyl from Priest to your solo catalog. And, you know, I was reading, I was always curious about this, and I'm glad you talk about it in the book. In the early 90s when you left Priest and, and just everything that was going on at the time, and I'm wondering, when you left and you did your own thing too and Halford and everything else, and then you you come back, like, what was, what was it like? Um, was it different sort of being in total control of your creative process as opposed to maybe in Priest working with, several different people, Ken and, and Glenn. How did that differ? I call this LSD. It is a real thing. I was wondering. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, a lot of us have done it. But, well, it's always the thing. Um, you know, again, um, I have to say that that time that I was away from the band, it, it really... It really helped me get to terms with what I really, truly need and want out of being a musician and the place that, that I was always destined to be, which is holding the mic to do this place. That's my life, you know. Um, having said that, I, I think that if I hadn't have gone through that journey, doing my solo stuff, with help and fight and so, it probably wouldn't have, I would probably have not been able to have understood the true value and the importance of where I need to be as a singer for priest. So, um, 
again, you know, try everything. You, uh, even now, when we're, when we're making music increased, we're always like, try everything. Man. Hey, I've got this idea. I want I'm not sure if it's good, even worth listening. Yeah, man, and try everything. Mm. You can't make a choice or a decision without going through the experience. It's true. Well, that, that said, trying everything, Rob, I mean, is it a challenge trying to meet the expectations of your of your 80s fans, and but also trying to, you know, be relevant and uh, keep evolving? It's amazing now. It's amazing now the way people can find you in your music. It's a whole different experience to some extent. A lot of Prince songs, God bless you all, have been with us mm-hmm. since day one. And then, you know, on my, on my Instagram, not so much my Facebook, but my Instagram, you know, I get all these young metalheads <laughs> who say, I have just found out, are you the singer from Judas Priest? And man, I've just heard this album, it's called Painkiller, it's the greatest thing I've ever looked. Yeah. I've never heard, no, I've just turned 15, you know. So, a, a lot of it is, is kind of out of your control, or nothing at all. You know, in the old days, you would be led to music by the label on the radio, which are still glorious parts of what we're about. But that was the way you were led to your music. Now, it's kind of in the hands of, of whoever wants to kind of search uh, uh, and, and check out all of these different opportunities through through that double-edged sword called the internet. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it, it's changed a lot, but, but I think for the for the most part, it, it's changed for the better in that respect. That, that music is readily available twenty four seven, and if, if you're in the mood for this sound or that sound, you can get it instantly. It's like a it's like a quick fix, which there's nothing wrong with that because sometimes the, the, those those sudden sudden discoveries can be can be huge to you as a music fan. Yeah, you know, and. Um, you talk a lot about, um, you know, speaking of that music theme, and I think modern times too, like, um, you know, what's it like when folks discover your work? I mean, you mentioned the younger folks, and then there's also, of course, there's this reference here in the book to Lady Gaga, who I love, and uh, when I found out she's a metalhead, I just, I loved her even more, yeah. and I was just wondering, like, you know, when you meet even contemporary, or at least, you know, um, well-known musicians who say, oh my gosh, I love the priest, I love your stuff, I mean, what's that like for you? Yeah, it just shows you the reach and power of metal. Yeah. Even though Maddie's to the Queen, who thinks heavy metal is too loud, you know. So. <laughs> 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 you go everywhere. We go everywhere in this book from Maddie Gargoyle to the Queen. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, this, this really stamps on what we, we as metal, metal heads, metal maniacs, love about our music, that it is, it's, it's, it's reaching its scope and it's, it's just phenomenal. Yeah, and um, going back to the roots of metal, which was always kind of disparaged to a certain extent, um, and now has been, for the most part, really embraced for the great music that it is. Um, different world again. All good. What, Rob? Which person freaked you out the most when they told you they liked Priest? I know Jack Nicholson. That was kind of a wild, wild one. Drew Barrymore, I remember she was a priest maniac. Mm. Drew's a big kind of metal and priest. Oh, wow. Um, 
It's amazing how, um, you know, you talk about um, the world of metal and the priest world. There's so much that you're a part of that it's, it's so different. I mean, the 70s records sound different from the early 80s. Obviously, Turbo's different. What, uh, Turbo's one of my favorites. And then you go and ram it down and, and the, you know, the thrashing nature of Painkiller. And I'm wondering, as you um, would approach the creative writing process, what's it like to embrace different styles or, or just kind of go where where things change or was it difficult was it difficult to embrace you know going in a new direction on a particular record or something like that yeah for us in Priest as we said forever we've always felt that where we should try to go is limitless mm-hmm. um, and, and that's that's my this, this um, unique band that we are because again I've referenced you know one, one second we can be your, ter- your turbo lover and then we can be the painkiller. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. One minute we can be one minute we can be the last rise of summer and then we can be like pestilence and death from Nostradamus. <laughs> um, we we just we've always had the blinkers off and, and that's that's really paid its dividends because yeah, I, I, I sometimes forget what we've done. You know, yeah. when you start referencing albums, and I remember, I remember how different Turbo is to Sadlings of Destiny, which is so different to um, Firepower. But the components are still there. You know, the components that we love so much about Priest are all there. Yeah. And um, they, they, they make it all cohesive and, and uh, just just display this band in, in everything that we've done in a very special way. Speaking in your in your book, you said uh, David Bowie was everything growing up. What what does David Bowie? What does he mean to you as an artist? Oh wow! Um, as a singer, his voice is glorious. You know, um, and again, just referencing what we've just been talking about with Priest, he didn't let anything stop him. He was a lad insane, he was on Kidori, he was Ziggy Stardust, he was Low, he was the Tin Man, you know, Tin Machine. He was all these different kinds of personalities um, in his music. He was absolutely unique and a really intriguing, incredibly intelligent man that um, made some beautiful music for us to, to listen to. A little bit like Priest in, in the in the in the adventures that he went on in his music. There is no other one that comes remotely close to that Bowie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, 
there's so much. I mean, your book just, it was such a page turner and, and it always makes us wonder like, what's next? Like what's next for, you know, as far as big projects for you, like what, is there a creative, uh, like a, a musical project or anything that you haven't done that you really want to do? Because I mean, you're, you know, even writing the book, I'm sure was so, such a unique expression. Um, just tell me, you know, like what's still on your list uh, creatively to do. Again, I'm again I'm I'm on an open book when it comes to that mm-hmm. uh, reference. Uh, anything can happen, you know. I, I, somebody sent me a song yesterday um, that, that has potential uh, for 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 a possible uh, project. There's always something, you know, and, and that's the beautiful thing about music. It's never ending, and it's um it's like a kaleidoscope of opportunities and. Yeah. Um, so I've always, I've always, again, um, I've never turned anything away because, some, you know, sometimes I can really kind of not shoot and talk in the foot. So you, you have to give, you know, listen to everything and really, really understand the idea behind what, what might be sent to you. And and, um, and so, that's, again, that's the joy of life as a musician. I mean, you know, um, bring it on. I've, yeah in the 50 years of, of of doing this rob do you have any regrets no i'm not talking about regrets before i think re- regrets can be like um an angle that you wear around your neck i think that um Reflection is, is a great thing to do. Great to reflect. And it's important to make mistakes. Very important to make mistakes. Everybody's made mistakes. Everybody's made a bad choice or a wrong decision. If that's the right word to, 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 to use. But right. um, what, what, what I'm saying is that that's how you grow as a person. You know, no matter what it is in life. It's, it's perfectly okay to fuck up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, Could make a um, good song. <laughs> let's, yeah, let's do it, you know. Um, and and uh, and find out more about yourself and what you're capable of. So um, I don't have any regrets. No, um, I think Lenny said something cool about that. Uh, it was about Lennyism. Yeah. I just invented that word, Lennyism. <laughs> I love it. Mark that, so yeah. Everybody uses that. You can. Lemmy is a Absolutely. Um, I know your time is limited. I just last question, at least that I had, um, you know, getting to the end of the book, I had one question. What would you tell young Robert? Um, you know, if you had, if you could look back and, and talk to your, the, the youngest version of yourself and say, you know, hold on, you know, it's going to be a wild ride. I mean, what, what would that conversation be like? Do you think? <laughs> I think you almost, I think you almost answered the question. <laughs> to hold on, hold on, hold on to the ride. You know, that's why I can't go to a Harley. Um, 
Harley is, is your life and you, you steer it. So yeah. there it is, you know. Um, I think that's, you know, live your life. That's, that's, that's what I would say to us, to the young world. Live your life, kid, because you have no idea what's coming. <laughs> A lot of folks that write books like you did uh, enjoyed it so much that they go back and do a second book. Is there any chance of that? Because this was a fun read. Yeah, we had so much stuff left over. Oh wow. my God. We had an enormous amount of stuff left over. And um, the editors of the book, editors are like producers, you know, they really steer you, um, the publishers really steer you through to the best place. So we've got a great book. And it's got flow, and it's got pacing, and it's got, you know, everything that a great record should have. Right. But there's certainly um, a lot of material left over, like you sometimes have when you make with an album. So we'll look at that, you know. It'll be, it'll be a lot of anecdotes, a lot of other stories that didn't quite fit the momentum. Um, but we'll look at that. Confessions Part 2, or <laughs> Confessing Some More, or Oh My God, Not Again. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, yeah, I, I think I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed the experience, and um, and so yeah, I think there's a, there's a, there's a good chance that there will be a, uh, a follow-up. Yes. Future. Wonderful. Rob, anything else you'd li- like to add at all? No, I'd just like to thank you for the chat. It's been really cool, guys. I appreciate the opportunity to talk about Confess and Priest and Metal and life in general. I've really had a good time, and I wish you all the best. And hope you keep it safe and so on with this horrible pandemic, which, you know, God knows when you got vaccine. And as, as I've always said, I, I've always been the eternal optimist. I always feel that, you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, and, that, and that's coming into view now. So in the meantime, just keep blast out the metal because metal is a great resource when you're having troubles in your life you know just blast out some metal and screen and shirt and even if it's in your living room because you can't do that together at the moment because you have no shelves but that'll come back yep it's all good it's been great man it's been great I really enjoy talking to you guys thank you Rob see you guys see you later bye 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 Yeah